Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I appreciate your time and your willingness to listen. In the last few episodes, we've been exploring the journey to maturity and self-awareness. Last time we explored the inner committee, that is, those voices and energies in us that seek to influence our choices. This week, I'd like to unpack some common defense mechanisms. How does this all serve our spiritual growth? I think exploring these themes is helpful because ultimately God desires to bring us into deeper freedom and God desires for us to more authentically live from our true self that's the image and likeness of God in us when we can become aware of these defense mechanisms for example we are confronting ways of thinking and acting that are barriers and barricades to us in dealing with life in all its light and shadow. These mechanisms get in the way of our living in reality and in making choices about how we can soulfully navigate reality. I'd like to share with you 10 that I think we often find ourselves using. First is simple denial. This is when I refuse to accept reality as it is. I won't admit what's happening. A simple example might be a student who will not admit that he didn't prepare for an exam and that's why he's not going to do well. Number two, repression. This is when we consciously or unconsciously hide emotions, thoughts, or memories I don't like because I harbor the illusion that if I repress them they'll actually just go away. But the reality is they don't go away. They just go darker, and ultimately they'll find another way out, a way out that might be beyond our conscious control. It could be destructive. That's the danger of repression. Number three, projection. This is when we see clearly in another the energy I hate in myself. Projection is a part of the shadow side of America, for example. Historically, we like to project everything we don't like about ourselves onto others. Usually immigrants and other minorities, including religious minorities. We say things, for example, like, oh, they're so lazy and they're ripping off the government and they're violent. Well, when we say those things, who are we really talking about? Number four, misplaced anger. This is when you can't get mad at your boss whom you don't like. So you take out your frustration on your spouse or your child. Number five, rationalization. You come up with reasons to justify what you did, though you know it's wrong. So you come up with a set of alternative facts. Number six, regression. We revert to behavior from an earlier stage of life when we're faced with stress or trauma. We sometimes see this in children, but also in adults. For example, there might be a parent who doesn't know how to set boundaries and discipline children in a fruitful, constructive way, so instead they throw a temper tantrum in an attempt to scare the the children into behaving. 
Number seven, reaction formation. You behave in the opposite way you actually feel. For example, there might be a man who makes anti-gay jokes and slurs because he is in denial about his own homosexual feelings. Number eight, dissociation. This is when we mentally separate from the time and space we're in so we don't have to face reality. For example, imagine a person who became a lawyer because that's what, that's what their parents wanted. But deep down, they know that they're an artist. So they spend a lot of time daydreaming about what life could be like if they were an artist. And all the energy goes into the daydreaming rather than facing the reality of the turmoil that they're in and potentially entering the painful process of making changes. Number nine, avoidance. We avoid the thing we don't want to face. Procrastination is a form of the avoidance defense mechanism. So for example, a woman hates her job, so she procrastinates on starting a project she was assigned rather than face and deal with her emotions about her work situation. Number 10, it's called spiritual bypass. I think this is especially, it's especially helpful and important for people who are intentional about the spiritual journey to be mindful of this one. Everything has a shadow side, every positive thing that we can do including spiritual practice. Spiritual bypass uses spiritual practice to shield oneself from having to deal with messy issues in life. For example, we say, if I do meditation, prayer, and yoga, that will allow me to rise above what's happening. This will make all the dark emotions and thoughts I don't want to have disappear. Now, the reality is that spiritual practice will not deliver us to a state of bliss where we can then go on autopilot. So we're not going to reach a place of perfection, and then we could just cruise from there. And the reality is that authentic spiritual practice, when used in an authentic way, will uncover more shadow, more of the unconscious, and will point to more inner work that we have to do. This is a part of the cost of consciousness. So I think the question becomes, how do we encounter our feelings without being ruled by them or becoming addicted to them? There's no spiritual practice that's going to take us away from having to face those kinds of hard realities. I think spiritual practice, when authentically done, helps us to get in touch with a deeper voice of truth within that comes from our soul. So again, I share these practices, these rather this catalog of defense mechanisms with you so that we can become more self-aware and we can make decisions about how we will respond to these energies when they're stirred in us and how we can more soulfully face our lives in both light and shadow. And with that, let's go into a moment of meditation. <laughs> 